familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. While breastfeeding may be considered natural and normal, it seems that everyone has an opinion about when you should wean, where it is acceptable, and whether you should cover up. Sometimes the criticism and comments can really bring a mama down and may cause her to not meet her personal breastfeeding goals. I'm Cassidy Freitas, marriage and family therapy intern at the University of California, San Diego. Today, we will be discussing how to deal with breastfeeding criticism. This is The Boob Group, Episode 17. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At the Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. And we are not only online, but we are mobile as well. You can now take the Boob Group with you wherever you want to go. The apps are now available at Amazon Android Market and in the iTunes App Store. I love that I can share my favorite episodes on Facebook right through my app, and I feel very internet savvy. Today, I'm joined by three fabulous panelists in the studio. Ladies, would you please introduce yourselves? I'm Megan Weber. I'm 26 years old. I'm a billing clerk, and I have two children. Uh, Madeline, she's three years old, and Colton is four months. My name is Erin Estevez, and I will not divulge my age. I have one child. He is nine months old, and I work in international business. My name is Crystal Mullet. I am 27 years old. I'm a pharmacy technician. I have two children, um, three-year-old and an eight-week-old. Well, ladies, welcome to the show. Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. 
before we start today's show, here's Jonna Rose Feinberg with some tips for breastfeeding multiples. Hi, Boob Group. This is Jonna Rose Feinberg, editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. I'm a mom of twins and a board-certified lactation consultant in the Seattle area. Today, we are going to talk about positioning options for breastfeeding your twins. In the beginning, you may find it easiest to focus on feeding one baby at a time, but once you and the babies get the hang of things, you may want to tandem nurse for some or all of your feedings. Many moms find that using a special twin nursing pillow helps them comfortably support both babies in the football position. This is great for babies when they're younger and continues to work for many people as their babies grow because it gives each baby their own space. For small babies, you may need to add rolled or folded receiving blankets, washcloths, or other props to help position the babies and keep yourself comfortable. As the babies get bigger, you can adjust the number of props or add some pillows behind your back or under the pillow for extra support. You can also tandem nurse while reclining. You may want to experiment with feeding in a recliner or leaning back on some pillows, with one baby resting along each side, supported by your arms. This position is well-suited for babies who are latching well and have good head control, and it's a nice way to feed babies and let mom rest a bit. Once your babies are older, you might want to experiment with more upright positions. Babies who are sitting on their own can straddle your leg and lean in to nurse. This position is especially nice when you're out and about because it doesn't require any nursing pillows or props and can be easier on your back. Whatever position you choose, remember that as your babies grow, new options will be available. So please keep experimenting to figure out what works best for you. For pictures of breastfeeding positions and to read more tips and personal breastfeeding stories, please visit breastfeedingtwins.org and keep listening to The Boob Group for more twin tips. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So today on the Boob Group, we're discussing how to best respond to breastfeeding criticism and how to deal with it, possibly preemptively. Our expert, Cassidy Freitas, is a marriage and family therapist intern at UCSD, as well as a breastfeeding and working mom. Cassidy, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Sure. So um, when we're talking about breastfeeding criticism, I know that it isn't always overt. Um, it could be a passive-aggressive comment that life might be easier if you just offered a bottle, or that formula might help your baby sleep a little bit more soundly in the middle of the night. Um, or it could also just be a rude look at a, at a restaurant, for example, um, if you're nursing in public. So, Cassidy, let's start with the basics. Um, why do you think others are so comfortable offering criticism about breastfeeding? Is it jealousy, a lack of understanding? What do you think? It's a really great question. And, you know, I really think it depends who we're talking about in terms of who's offering the advice or the criticism. You know, is it a friend? Um, is it a family member? Is it a complete stranger? Because that definitely happens as well. You know, I think that um, if we're talking about a friend, if there's a critical friend in your life, um, 
it, potentially they didn't have a positive experience with breastfeeding. So there's just a, um, she's, she may unwittingly be discouraging the new mom. Um, the truth is that breastfeeding can really be challenging at times. And if she didn't have a positive experience, there might be a little bit of jealousy there, a little bit of breastfeeding jealousy. And that really speaks to how important it is for us as successful breastfeeding moms, how important it is for us to encourage our friends and to be supportive. Um, family members, that that can be a real tough one. And I think a lot of times there, there is a lack of understanding. But it's also important to understand that just like we have this important relationship with our child, um, the family member also has a special relationship with that child and with us, which can kind of leave the door open for offering their, you know, insights or advice um, because they want to be involved. So, you know, lack of understanding, just trying to be helpful, um, you know, some jealousy, yes. And then there's just the complete stranger who might be, you know, uncomfortable um, seeing a breastfeeding mother um, or who just really has an opinion and wants to share it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it can come for, you know, come from a variety of reasons. Okay, thank you. Uh, ladies, have you dealt with overt breastfeeding criticism or has it been mostly passive aggressive? You know, I'm sitting here and I've realized I haven't experienced any negativity, (laughs) whether it be in the workplace or at home. And and initially when I started breastfeeding, I had a lot of difficulties and it was very challenging. And I had so much support that at sometimes it was overwhelming. Um, On my side of the family, there was really never any discussion about breastfeeding. But my husband's side of the family, it's they're very open very supportive. Um, So yeah, I've been very, very lucky. And the workplace has been awesome, too, for me. That's fantastic. Crystal? Um, I think mine's mostly been passive aggressive a little bit. Like my mother-in-law, she's really loves to, you know, love the baby, which is great, you know, but I think she's a little jealous that she can't feed the baby. So she'll always like, be telling me, oh, just bring over some frozen milk and and I'll feed the baby today. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm here, so I'm fine. Thank you. You know, I just have to know how to just kind of brush it off and know that she means well, but I really would prefer to nurse, you know, directly instead of giving a bottle. Um, In public, I've nursed in public often, and I use a cover, and it's uncomfortable sometimes, (laughs) but um, I'm getting better at it, and I've nursed in a restaurant before, and I I'm so focused on nursing. I don't really look around to see if anyone even cares because yeah. I'm with family usually or my husband um, and they they don't care for the most part that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't notice other people and no one's ever said anything to me. So I think that's... That's great. Yeah. That's great. How about you, Megan? For me, you know, I've experienced kind of both the passive aggressive and just the straight in your face. Um, for It was a dear friend of mine who, coincidentally enough, was also nursing her baby at the time, um, told me that it is considered incest to be nursing your baby once they get teeth, which absolutely boggled <laughs> my mind. And I absolutely. just smiled and moved on from that. <laughs> um, also, I noticed, you know, in, in public, I do try to use covers just to be respectful of other people. But when I notice people kind of giving you the stink eye, you know, I'm just like, well, you know, I'll, I don't know. For sometimes I just want to take off the cover and be like, really, this is this is what you want to say? Come on now. <laughs> you know, and something that I found as well, I, I didn't really have overt 
I mean, I pretty much surround my people, uh, myself with people who are supportive in many ways. But I found that um, kind of crystal, like you had mentioned, where it was just, well, you know, you're, um, I found, you know, oh, your baby would probably sleep better. Like I gave my child um, rice cereal in their bottle at three weeks. And so that way they would sleep better. And, you know, for me, it was just like, well, this is, I'm, I'm not going to do that, but thanks, you know, for the information. But I did feel that it did kind of um, passive aggressively kind of give me a little dig, you know, at like, well, maybe you could be doing this differently and life would be easier for you. And um, and especially when breastfeeding is somewhat of a challenge, I found having someone come in and say, well, it's okay if you give a bottle. And that the where they were coming from was a place of helping and understanding and trying to make things better. But it also was a little bit of a sabotager because I was like, well, it probably would be, but that's not my goal yet. And I was afraid that, you know, if I gave a bottle too early, that it would cause some problems. And so those little comments um, were while they were they came from a place of love <laughs> um i found that they weren't super helpful for me cuz then it, it just made me second guess what i was doing and i didn't my my self esteem was low anyway i didn't need it you know i didn't need any more at the time so that's kind of how i saw it um Kat, go ahead well Aaron. i was going to say you know i did get that when i was experiencing a lot of my challenges i did get that from girlfriends who had nursed and in particular friends who had their own issues and had to leave um, nursing aside because for, for their own reasons. But they kept telling me that if I couldn't do it, it was okay. But somehow the words, they seemed almost empty to me and I was just adamant to continue. Yeah. And what I remember um, we had a couple women on here a couple weeks ago about, or maybe a month ago, um, who had twins. And they had mentioned that, um, you know, that even comes with its own set of challenges with breastfeeding two babies, not just one. They were, one of them had mentioned that having, um, when w- people came into their home, that she said, you may only say positive things about breastfeeding. Like, you're doing such a fantastic job. Um, because she said she knew she was struggling. She didn't need anyone else to point it out. Um, and I thought that that was a really interesting bit of advice. And so, Cassidy, do you have other tips on how to deal with these either passive-aggressive or overtly, you know, very opinionated things about, um, and not even just with breastfeeding, but parenting in general, because everyone seems to have an opinion about that too. That's a great point. This doesn't just stop once you stop breastfeeding. You know, the the advice or the input, it continues, you know, as, as your child grows. I think the first thing you can always do is is disregard, you know. Um, you're, regardless of what anybody says, you are the mother, um, and you get to decide what, what you're going to do. Um, so coming up with some sort of generic statement like, hmm, yes, I'll have to look into that, or let me ask my pediatrician. I'll, you know, let me see what he has to say about this. I always she. say to, well, I have to speak to my lactation consultant. There you go. <laughs> right, like, yeah. just blame it on me. That's fine. They yes. don't know me. <laughs> yes. Quote, I mean, blame. I mean, quote. Yes. Yeah. Quote them. Um, so, or, or listening. This might not sound like something that you would expect me to say, but, you know, if we take a step back and before getting defensive, actually listen to what it is that, you know, the friend or the, the parent is trying to say, we might actually find something in there that is helpful. Um, a lot of it might not be helpful, but if we're not getting defensive, they're they're much more much less likely to kind of force it on us. Um, you're giving them the opportunity to kind of offer up their advice, and who knows, you might find something in there that you know can be helpful. So educating yourself um, that way you can educate others. Um, 
and not just to educate others, but if you have the knowledge, um, knowledge is power, and it's going to give you the confidence to kind of make your own decision in the end, despite what your loved ones or complete strangers are are telling you. So picking your battles, too. You know, um, I think that you know, whether it's your mother-in-law or your own mother or just that, that one dear friend, you know, who keeps coming, you know, with, you know, with the advice or with the criticisms, pick your battles. You know, I think that you're exhausted anyway and, you know, expending all your energy on, on kind of fighting these battles um, isn't really always going to be so helpful. So asking for advice in other areas of child rearing, you know, um, so if this is especially particularly for families, um, you know, for the grandmother or the great grandmother or um, whoever else, you know, ask them advice about other things that maybe you actually want advice about um, just so that they feel like they're involved, you know, in one way, shape or form. Um, and finding a gatekeeper. Um, I think husbands can really serve as wonderful gatekeepers, especially when the you know, critical person or advice giver is a family member. Um, so kind of, you know, getting him on your side and kind of helping, you know, having him serve as that gatekeeper. That was, yeah, kind of my next question, too, is how can we get our partners involved in this? You know, what can, what's, what's appropriate to ask them to do? You know, it's really just about commu- communication, you know, letting them know that, you are feeling criticized or you are starting to feel a little insecure about your decisions and that, you know, this advice or that advice or these instances are sort of, you know, causing you to feel this way and just kind of letting him know that this is happening and that you would really like his his help in all this. Now, what if the criticism is coming from the partner? Because sometimes we get that too where, you know, it's just they, the partner's not understanding right. um, what our needs are. You know, and this this can really be the most difficult type of situation um, for a breastfeeding mom because this, your husband or your partner, they're the person that's on this journey with you and they're the one that you're around the most. So that can be really difficult. Your husband or your partner is really the person around you the most and the one person you need the most support from, you know, as you're on this journey through parenthood. Um, in fact, the last episode I was on was all about the importance of partner support in breastfeeding. And sometimes really all it takes is your honesty um, and your open communication about how your partner's criticism or advice is actually impacting you. Anger will usually be met with defensiveness. So if you're coming at him with anger, he's probably going to get defensive. Um, so if you're really opening up to your partner with your kind of deeper emotion about how this is impacting you, whether, you know, how it's hurting you or you're feeling more disconnected from him or her, um, he's much more likely to reciprocate with, you know, his honest feelings about the whole situation. So, for example, your partner may feel like they're having to share you, um, you know, both physically or emotionally, and most likely they're feeling probably a little left out um, and just need a little help feeling more included in this whole process since, you know, it can really feel like a dyad at times, but what we're we're trying to do is include that partner because, you know, they might be feeling left out. That's a really good point. Um, Ladies, have you found that your partners have been pretty supportive um, on this journey? Um, I would say yes, for the most part. He doesn't really get too involved with it just because... I don't know, that's him. <laughs> um, but I know if, say, I have to go run to take a shower or something, I'll take a shower and I'll come back out and the baby may be fussing a little bit and he's, like, holding her and he'll look at me and she's hungry and just <laughs> hand them to me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and most of the time, it's not really she's hungry, but he knows that 
by me nursing, she'll calm down and we'll have like a, a nice couple of next hours yeah. where she's calm and maybe takes a nap. And, and so he knows that I can give that to our child. And um, although he enjoys taking care of her, I'm the main caregiver for the infant and he knows that. So he's supportive of it in that sense. Yeah. How about you, Erin? Yes, absolutely supportive, almost to a fault. <laughs> because when I was having such a hard time and I did want to give up, I didn't feel like I had that option. So not only was I really hard on myself, but also my husband, he was and still is very determined that our child be breastfed for as long as possible. So it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword, good yeah. and bad. That's a good point. Very good point. How about you, Megan? Yeah, my husband, he's definitely supportive. Um, I will say that I think sometimes he he comes from a place of good, you know, wanting to just offer our baby a bottle so that we could go out for a few hours sure. because, you know, as of right now, I need to be by my son every two hours and that's the way it goes. So I do think that he misses that time where just we can go out as adults, child-free. Um, but at the same time, he realizes how important this is to me, which he it's it's wonderful having him support that. That's, that's great. Well, when we come back, we will discuss how to halt breastfeeding criticisms before they occur and where to find breastfeeding support if you are not receiving it from your loved ones. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Cassidy, we've had a couple of panelists on the show who've talked about preemptively setting rules for their family members about the types of breastfeeding comments that they feel are appropriate, um, such as only acting as the cheerleader and maybe not offering advice on how to solve breastfeeding challenges. For example, like, oh, I see your nipples are hurting so badly. Why don't you just offer a bottle? <laughs> um, do you think that this is helpful? Absolutely. I mean, as I said before, you know, communication, 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 mm -hmm. you know, not only with your partners or your husbands or your friends, but also with family members and letting them know that, you know, this is I'm, I'm really trying to do this and it's really not that easy. So I really need cheerleaders. I need you guys to back me up on this and just letting them know that ahead of time. Absolutely. I think that'd be very helpful. Ladies, did you try this at all? Did you did this even come into play that you would think to have this conversation with family members before you had your babies? Um, not really. With my first child, um, I think I decided to breastfeed maybe I don't didn't really think about it until maybe a few weeks before my due date and everyone just kind of went along with me. Um, and I had some challenges and I didn't have much support with my first child. So that's why I didn't go as long with nursing as I wanted to. With this one, I think everyone just assumed that I was going to be breastfeeding and they, they just let me make the decisions that I want to make about it. And I don't really get too much negativity, so I don't really have to make those boundaries or rules or anything. That's so great. It's, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> How about you, Erin? Well, I, my father was concerned because I was having a difficult time, and he was concerned for my physical health. Um, so in that sense, he was 
he did voice his his opinions and his concerns, but I did tell him, look, I'm going to try this as best as I can. Thank you. But the one line that I've given my father, I, I learned it when I was about 17 and I <laughs> use it all of the time and it's been the best comeback ever, <laughs> which is thank you for the suggestion, daddy, but the decision is ultimately mine. That's great. That's perfect because it acknowledges that you are listening and that you're open to, you know, his thoughts, but that you're going to process it and do what you need to do. So that's so. that's my defense. Very cool. Very cool. How about you, Megan? I think for me that I knew I wanted to breastfeed, um, you know, right from the beginning. And so I, I told my family and they always knew. So I don't think I ever gave them a chance to say anything negative about it. Um, and so far it's worked. They've been great cheerleaders. Both my mom and my grandmother weren't successful with nursing. So I think they're kind of living vicariously through yeah. me and they're they're great cheerleaders for this. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I, I hear from a lot of the moms who come to our support groups um, or even on, when I read online is that um, sometimes the, the challenges don't arise necessarily in the beginning, but they do when they decide to nurse their babies longer than maybe the family members or friends thought they were actually going to nurse for, um, you know, and they get these questions, well, when are you going to wean? Um, and so, uh, Cassidy, what, what type of advice do you have for these moms who have decided that they're not done with breastfeeding yet, um, but kind of their, their support system around them is, is constantly asking these questions? You know, I think it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, first piece being disregarding. <laughs> you know, you are the parent and you get to make these decisions and you get to feel empowered by that decision. Um, but that's not always, you know, it's not always the option. And some people want to say something and I'm all for that, too. So I I think that education for yourself um, so that you can educate others is is really crucial here. Um, there are many, many variations of this kind of criticism. You know, there's your child baby has, once they have teeth, they're too old to nurse. You know, once they can walk, they're too old to nurse. Once they can ask for it, uh, better not be nursing anymore. <laughs> um, you know, and when the truth is that breast milk continues to be an excellent food for as long as your baby wants to nurse. Um, it continues to provide health benefits as long as your baby nurses and continues to provide psychological benefits for many years. You know, for instance, a toddler's life is very demanding and frustrating, and the safety and the constancy of their mother's breast um, really makes them much better able to, you know, cope with their, you know, often very busy and frustrating lives. And, you know, for the annoying stranger that asks you, you know, how long are you planning on breastfeeding for? I usually like to respond with, oh, probably for the next five minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and just leave it at that, you know, oh, some, some, like some dry that. humor. <laughs> Very good. Absolutely. Um, and then sometimes um, I've heard from several of my, my mamas that I work with is that they actually get the criticism from their pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they... A lot of them believe that you should, you know, breastfeed exclusively for six months and then up to a year with complementary foods. But then after the that first year, um, they don't see the benefit of it. And so um, how would you recommend dealing with someone in kind of an authority figure and someone you also have to see on a very regular basis? That's a great question. Um, you know, my first instinct is to say, get a second opinion. Um, anytime a health professional suggests that you're weaning um, or, or is giving you any sort of parenting criticism, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends babies be exclusively breastfed for the first six months of life and with continued breastfeeding for a year or as long, you know, as the mother and baby desire. And, you know, even the World Health Organization, which recommends mothers breastfeed for at least two years. So if your healthcare professional or pediatrician is 
asking you to wean, I would I would really be questioning their, you know, where they're getting that information from or where that opinion is coming from, and I would get a second opinion. And um, just a, a kind of a side note for a couple other articles that are out there about dealing with this as well um, on the San Diego Breastfeeding Center website. Um, we have an article called How Can I Respond to My Pediatrician Who Is Not Supportive of Breastfeeding? And actually, I kind of started that one out with dry humor, too. Or just, can I have my records, please? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can also look on the Natural Resources Defense Council um, and their article on breast benefits of breastfeeding. And um, kellymom.com has fabulous ones that talk about the many benefits of breastfeeding, just tons and tons of resources. So if you do have a healthcare professional or, you know, even even a family member who's questioning why you would want to continue breastfeeding after six months or a year, um, there are lots of resources out there um, that can provide you with that, that information. My response has always been, I'll stop when it gets awkward awesome. for me yeah. or for him, not for you. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one as well. Because with my first son, I only nursed for three months. So that's the thing I'm looking forward in the future is to see what my family is going to say when I continue nursing, hopefully to a year, you know, if I'm going to be getting those types of responses from them at six months. Yeah. Oh, you're still nursing, you know, and I'm interested to see how my family reacts to that because I think they know that I want to at least do it for a year, but I'm not sure if they understand that I'm actually going <laughs> to do it for a year. So I'm interested to see how my family reacts yeah. in well, the future. And you'll have the resources just yes. in case you need them. <laughs> and you can keep us posted. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, do you think that it was helpful, ladies, to set up, you know, these support systems, pre, you know, also not only your families, but do you do you attend support groups? Do you go online and look for information? Um, so that way you could get this continued support, um, not only from family members, but from outside resources. Um, absolutely. I find that I surround myself with other breastfeeding moms. It's They're the ones who know where I'm coming from. Um, I notice that if I'm around other moms who maybe um, chose differently than breastfeeding, then I'll get, you know, kind of some information that maybe I don't want for my baby. So I definitely find that I surround myself by who will give me kind of the information that I want. Yeah, Absolutely. How about you, Crystal? Um, I do for my lactation consultant that I see. We have a weekly breastfeeding support group that I, again, I didn't do something like that with my first child, and I think that's part of the reason why I didn't stick with it as long as I want to now. Um, it's great to be around other breastfeeding mothers <laughs> with children that are on the same age as yours and um, that are going through the exact same things because when you're alone at your house trying to get your child to nurse and there's something going on you feel alone you know like my husband's at work I don't have anyone to call I'm like ah freaking out <laughs> but the next day to be able to go to a support group and find that this woman sitting next to me had the exact same issue it's nice to know that we got through it and it gives me the encouragement to keep going. And then you can, you know, pay it forward as well. Once you've overcome something, you can also provide that encouragement Mm -hmm. to somebody else. Um, How about you, Erin? Wholeheartedly. I I did, I'm a research girl, so I did tons of research during my pregnancy, in particular regarding breastfeeding. I attended classes and a support group before birth. um, And I know that had I not that support group beyond my immediate family and my husband's family, I would not have continued because I went through hell and high water mm-hmm. <laughs> and nine months into it, it's great. So I'm I'm extraordinarily grateful for all of the support and will happily 
offer any to anyone <laughs> in the payback. Very how about you, Cassidy? Well, you know, I could tell you all the research as a family therapist, how incredibly important it is to have that support and find like-minded people. But I'm just going to speak for a second as a breastfeeding mom and shout out to my play group because they've been amazing. It is so so wonderful to surround myself by like-minded mothers and that have the same sort of um, values that I do. You know, we even have a Facebook message thread where, you know, it could be two in the morning and one of us is messaging the, the rest of the group like, oh my God, I can't like, you know, my son or daughter isn't sleeping. Are you guys up? Mm-hmm. Like, what should I do? And it's just, it's so, it's so wonderful to know that there's other mothers out there who are either struggling with or enjoying the same little sort of phases that I am. Um, so I think it's so important. And you found these at your breastfeeding support group. I did. Didn't you? I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Um, I just wanted to say that just having the internet helps so much. I find myself when I'm doing a night feeding or something, I'm I'm browsing message boards about breastfeeding, you know, and I'm looking and it it one keeps me kind of awake and aware of what's going on. <laughs> but it's it's nice again to have the people know that other people are going through the same things you are. And it's so nice with the day and age we're in that you can just hop on your phone and have that support right there. Even though that other person doesn't know that they're helping you, they're helping me in their own way that I don't even know half across country. It's Absolutely. so nice. I think it's interesting that you said in this day and age, because I think part of the inhibitions and lack of education or experience that we as a culture have towards breastfeeding has to do with our society in this day and age. So I find it really interesting that it's the new technology that's kind of bringing us back because these support groups, these uh, message boards are mimicking what we would have experienced in a social environment. 200 years ago, we would have had more firsthand experience with seeing somebody else breastfeed. We would have gotten all of that support and knowledge from our aunts, our grandmothers, our neighbors. So it's very exciting for me to see this um, kind of return to communication but being a f- so far apart from everyone at the same time. It's like the village mentality, but mm-hmm. um, it's I'm kind of off topic. Not really. I'm going to a, a conference next week called Blog Her, which is in New York. And I went to it last year when it was in San Diego. And the thing that's so cool about it is you're like, oh, my gosh. Like you walk up to a person like, hi, I'm so-and-so. My blog is this. And I'm like, I totally know you. I know about your kids. I know about what you do. You know, all this kind of stuff. And it's the same type of thing with these online Groups where it's like you're physically we're not spending time in space in the, or in the same space, I should say, but we know each other so well because we're offering all of this support through this other media, which is just it's, it's unbelievable. What do you find, Megan? Do you, you do you find support as well online? Oh, absolutely. Um, we just started um, or I didn't start, but there was a Facebook group that was just recently started for breastfeeding and you know, if I have a question, I just go and type it on there. And immediately there's, you know, another mom on there answering and helping. And it's also a great way too that there's some moms in there who have past milestones of how long they've been breastfeeding. So they can share that on there. And then you just get a ton of moms congratulating them. So it's just a great support. 
Absolutely. And, you know, some of the terrific breastfeeding um, support networks online, definitely the La Leche League website, um, Facebook groups like you just mentioned, uh, Megan, for breastfeeding and for baby wearing, um, Nevada Breastfeeds, which is actually our, our going to be on our next show. Um, she's leading a whole Facebook page and group um, dealing with breastfeeding. And then Kelly Mom Forum and even the Leaky Boob um, have great <laughs> places where you can post your questions and you're going to get a whole ton of support from a lot of great mamas out there. So. Um, well, that's going to wrap up our show. Uh, thank you so much, Cassidy, for your insight into ways that moms can overcome and handle breastfeeding criticism. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before we wrap things up, here's Lara Adello talking about ways to overcome societal booby traps. Hi, Boob Group listeners. I'm Lara Dello, a certified lactation educator, the retail marketing manager at Best for Babes, and owner of Mama's Hair Designs. Today, we're here to talk about how you can achieve your personal breastfeeding goals without being undermined by cultural and institutional booby traps. Let's look at why only one in four hospitals provide good breastfeeding support. One of the first thoughts that all parents share when they leave the hospital with their newborn baby is, are we really qualified to take care of this little being? Leaving the controlled atmosphere of the hospital can be scary, especially because breastfeeding changes so much once we're home. Most mom's milk doesn't come in until then, and nighttime feedings can seem a little more scary without the extra support. Our breastfeeding journey gets off to an important start in the hospital, but the rest of the long road runs through our homes and communities. That's why ongoing breastfeeding support has repeatedly been shown to increase breastfeeding success and why post-discharge support is one of the 10 steps to successful breastfeeding. The CDC collects information about hospitals' compliance with the 10 steps, and for 2009, they reported that only 26.8% of hospitals routinely provided three modes of post-discharge support to breastfeeding moms. And while all of the other measures improved from 2007 to 2009, post-discharge support remained unchanged since 2007. It's been said, hospitals assume that the community will take care of breastfeeding, the community points to the hospitals, and moms fall through the cracks. We all have to make it our responsibility. Make sure you are prepared before you give birth with resources such as books, family and friends with helpful breastfeeding experiences to share, a list of community programs available, and of course, online help. A special thank you to Tanya Lieberman, IBCLC, for writing the Booby Trap series for Best for Babes. Visit www.bestforbabes.org for more great information on how to meet your personal breastfeeding goals in my business, www.mamaparadesigns.com for breastfeeding supportive wearables. And be sure to listen to the Boot Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. So thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you'll visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and our Facebook page to offer your advice on how you dealt with breastfeeding criticism. If you have any questions about today's show or the topics we discussed, please call our Boob Group hotline at 619-866-4775, and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we'll be talking with Sarah Ortega about local and online breastfeeding support. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, because mothers know breast. 
This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.